you. Uh, I am. Uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to get all of this then, but I will figure it out somehow, some way, with the help of the Lord tonight. Uh, but I want to share with you, if you have your Bibles with you, First Samuel chapter number nine. If you want to turn there, we're going to jump through chapter nine all the way through chapter fifteen together. Uh, give you a story to bring some principles that I believe are very important for you and I as men and women of faith. Maybe a little more teaching tonight than preaching, but please stay with me. I believe the Lord wants to talk to us tonight, and. Uh, don't forget the announcements this morning that was given, lots of things uh, going on. We are in the middle of our time of prayer and fasting, and uh, a couple of you say, man, it's rough. It'll be all right. You're going to make it. It'll be okay. And uh, But I do pray that as in this time of corporate prayer and fasting that uh, you're not just going without food, but you're going and picking up the word and you are eating at his table and you're spending time in prayer. It is life changing. Uh, let me, I did not mention it this morning, but tomorrow evening at seven o'clock, Tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, I know it's going to be bitter cold and all of those things, but uh, we're going to go live for about 30 minutes tomorrow night at 7. We're going to do that uh, Monday uh, for the next three weeks. We want to encourage you. It's going to be a time of just uh, uh, a small devotion and then just a time of prayer. So we'll be coming to you live from the sanctuary, Lord willing, tomorrow at 7 o'clock on all of our social media platforms. And uh, just to, for a time... Like I said, we're going to encourage you. Uh, we're going to pray together um, uh, for a few specific things as a corporate body during that time. So I invite you to uh, to uh, join us uh, online, if you will. And uh, if you'll share those things while you're on there, that also helps our traffic in the in the cyber world. So those are things that uh, that we would appreciate. But so seven o'clock tomorrow night, be prayer and. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Been a special time. So, but tonight we're going to jump into the word of the Lord. And how many knows tonight that we need the anointing of the Lord in our lives in this season? You know, we find that the prophet Isaiah said in chapter number 10, I believe it's verse number 27, simply tells us that the yoke is broken by the anointing. And it doesn't matter how polished we become. It doesn't matter how good we become or how much we excel by the standard of the world if we do not have the anointing there is no breaking of yokes off of the lives of men and women and when you look at our nation tonight can i tell you that we as much as i love my nation and i love the history of revivals throughout it we are in a very critical place in this land. And I don't think we can overstate the importance of the church being the church that God has called us to be in this season. Because can I tell you, not only is the world been overran, but the church world, which is not the remnant church, but it is what a lot of people are connected to, the church world has been overran by the ideology and the demonic forces of hell itself. And innocent men and women are sitting in places week in and week out 
where they have been led to believe that this is all there is and it's okay and we have substituted the anointing with hype and emotion now I can create an atmosphere and you can create an atmosphere where people feel free for a few moments of time you can do whatever a certain demographic uh, group of people like and they consider to be entertaining you can you can find the pulse button if you will of the heart of humanity and you can make them have an escape for an hour of time but when they walk out the doors of the building they walk back into the same thing that they had walked out of the hour before and they go right back to a place of no peace and no rest and no joy and no hope for tomorrow and it is because of the lack of the anointing you can talk about it you can teach about it you can even try to preach a little bit about it but without the anointing of God on our lives we are not able to be effective in touching a generation I know that it is not popular and but it is the reality of our day but I have to also warn you as I have warned myself through recent days as I went back to this passage of scripture and I have began to walk through the story of the prophet Samuel and Saul and I find that there is a real warning that must be heeded to in this hour I'm I'm just going to take you through this passage you do not have to stand tonight because if you did you'd be standing the whole time I'm speaking tonight as we look at the word of the Lord because in first Samuel chapter number nine beginning in verse number one we're just going to skip through this just to give you a story to get you to where we need to be we find that there was a man of Benjamin and he his name was Kish and he had a son by the name of Saul we know that he was a mighty man of power is what your Bible says and it says that he had a son whose name was Saul and he was a choice young man meaning this he was goodly it goes on to simply say that there was none among the children of Israel as good or goodlier than him we also know this that Saul he was someone that was walking in humility when you look at the story but he stood head and shoulders above every other individual and we find that upon this season that you find in chapter number nine beginning in verse number one through the following that Kish who is the father of Saul had lost some of his livestock and we find that he commissioned Saul to go on a journey to find the donkeys that has been lost uh, of the fold and you will find that as he begins to take this journey he takes the servant with him and as he goes on this journey with this servant they pass through Ephraim and they pass through a few other places and there was no way for them to find that which was lost and notice Saul understanding that because of the length of time they had been gone he turned to his servant and he simply said let us return lest my father leave the duties that he is doing where he would become bothered that we are absent meaning this now that he if we don't get back quickly our my father is going to be concerned that I too am lost uh, like this that we're searching for as they began to turn the servant turns to 
to Saul in chapter number nine and verse number six, and he says, in this city, however, there is a man of God, and he is an honorable man, and all that he saith cometh surely to pass. Now let us go thither, pre-adventure he can show us our way that we should go. And then Saul said to his servant, verse number seven, but behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? And the servant answered Saul, and he said, I have a fourth part of a shekel of silver. That will I give to the man of God. You have to understand at this time in history, you did not go to the prophet of God, who they would call a seer. You did not go empty-handed. You always took a gift, and therefore, you find that in verses 9 and 10. So they went, but as they was going up to the city to find the man of God, notice with me in verse number 14. It says, and they went up into the city, and when they were coming to the city, behold, Samuel came out against them, and he was going to go up to the high place because the people was going to offer to God. And it says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin and thou shalt anoint him to be a captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. Uh, for I have looked upon my people because their cry is coming to me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Behold the man whom I spoke to thee of yesterday, this same shall reign over my people. Verse number 18. It says, Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate, and he said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is, or the prophet's house is. And Samuel answered to Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go, and will tell thee all that is in thy Heart. Now you jump down to verse number 25. It says, And when they were come down from the high place into the city, it was after they had offered, Samuel communed with Saul upon the top of the house, and they arose early. And it come to pass about the spring of the day that Samuel called Saul to the top of the house, saying, Up that I may send thee away. And Saul arose, and they went out, both of them, he and Samuel abroad. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid the servant pass on before us, but, that, but stand thou still a while that I may show thee the word of God. Now, verse number ten, or chapter number 10, verse number 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? We find that in this moment of time, there is an anointing of a young man that was orchestrated by God for a specific purpose, and that was to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. We could talk all of the night about that. That's not what I'm going to talk about, but it sets the stage for what I do want to talk about tonight. And I want to preach for a few moments tonight on a rejected anointing. A rejected anointing. Can we pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for being in your house with your people and being in your presence. 
Lord, I pray for the next few moments you would anoint me to teach this word in which you have given me. Lord, I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. Let those in this room and those that are watching online, let them not hear my voice, but Lord, I pray that they would hear your voice in this very strategic hour in which we're living. For Lord, we will give you the praise and the glory forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We find in this story some amazing things. We look, if you continue to read on in chapter number 10, you will find that after the prophet speaks to Saul and he gives him some confirmation, if you will, he says, you're going to leave here today and you're going to begin to take a journey. And on your journey, you are going to experience some things. And what you're getting ready to experience is going to change you forever. He said, you're going to go down by Rachel's sepulcher, and you're going to run into some people there. And, and when you get down there, uh, there's going to be some things happen. And then you're going to go down past there, and you're going to go a little further, and you're going to come down into a plain of Tabor, and you're going to find three men that is going up to God, and they're going to be carrying three kids, and another's going to be carrying three loaves of bread, and they're going to give you two loaves of that bread. And he said, but then you're going to go down a little further, and you're going to run into a group or company of prophets and they're going to be coming down from the high place but when you get amongst them when you get into the presence of them uh, you're going to find them in the place of the partially and of the temperate and, and of the pipe and of the heart but, but and before them as you get into their presence all of a sudden they're going to begin to prophesy and the spirit of the lord is going to come upon you you're going to do something that you've never done before and you're going to begin to prophesy with them and in verse number six it says and thou shalt be turned into another man i want to say this to you and i tonight that when the anointing comes up on a man or a woman it changes them you are no longer who you used to be you you walk differently you talk differently and you you see things differently and you behave differently because the anointing of the lord when it comes down it breaks everything off of us uh, because there is yokes that the enemy tries to put on us in our lives but he was simply telling saul that when you get into the presence of these prophets uh, and you're going to begin to prophesy he said you're going to be turned into another man and it says in verses seven and eight that it says and he says let it be when these signs are coming to thee that thou shalt do as an occasion serve thee for god is is with thee and he goes on and he simply tells him just be open to what God is about to do in your life and you will find in verse number nine it says that and everything that he spoke happened to him at that time and we see that this was a time in Israel's history when they was doing everything that they thought they wanted uh, for themselves. They wasn't necessarily crying out to God to be their leader, but they was crying out to God saying, give us a leader. And they was wanting to do everything that seemed right in their own sight. And as they was behaving in this manner, the Lord says, I've heard their cry. Uh, I'm going to respond to their cry, but I'm going to give them, uh, I'm going to give them a king because they was wanting a king like everybody else around them had so God anoints Saul to become king and as the people continue to cry for a king we find that God anoints Saul to be that uh, and he is identified as one that is pure one that is purer than anyone else in Israel but we find that unfortunately it isn't long 
until Saul, who was anointed by the hand of God, experiences God's favor lift off his life. And we find that the anointing that was placed upon him becomes a rejected anointing. Let us look together at the danger of walking in disobedience to the word of God concerning our lives tonight for a few moments. If you fast forward to chapter number 15 in your Bible, it is a story that maybe many of you are familiar with. But you will find that Samuel also says to Saul, this is after some period of time, he comes to Saul and he says this, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Notice anytime you see the words hearken unto the voice of the Lord, the Lord is about to give some instructions that he expects to be followed. He doesn't give you uh, the luxury of choosing to do something different. He's simply saying, if you want me to continue to be your God, if you want my blessing, my favor, my honor upon you, then you're going to have to listen to what I'm speaking. Uh, And we find in verse number two, it says, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telam and 200,000 footmen, 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. Verse number seven. And Saul Saul smote the Amalekites uh, from Havilah until thou comest to Shur. That is over against Egypt. And he took Agai, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. Sounds real good until you get to verse 9. And there's one little word there. And it says, but Saul and the people spared Agai the king and the priest of the sh- and the best of the sheep and the best of the oxen the best of the fatlings the best of the lambs and all that was good and they would not utterly destroy them but everything that was vile and refused they destroyed utterly it was in this moment that we see Saul begins going down a path that would be his destruction please hear me Verse number 10, it says, Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel the prophet, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a place and has gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But then Saul, who had been so consumed with his way of thinking, And those around him, he failed to even see that which he had done. But Samuel the prophet said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen, which I now hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to the sacrifice unto the Lord. But Samuel 
was so broken by the event that had just incurred. And he simply stood there in a broken state. And he begins to speak to him. And he simply says, do you not understand? Do you not understand that obedience is better than sacrifice? Can I tell you tonight, Saul hears Samuel in such a manner and Samuel understood the gravity of the situation that he simply took him and he said, here, you need to come aside, you need to sit down and you need to listen. You don't understand where you are and what have just transpired in your presence. And Samuel said to him, when thou was little in thy own sight, in verse number 17, he said, was, not thou, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? He simply goes on and says, And the Lord set thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they all be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil on the side of the Lord? Saul tries to defend himself, and I want to say this today to you and I. There is no defense for disobedience. Notice what he says. And Saul said to Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me. And I have brought Agai, the king of the Amalekites, uh, and I have utterly destroyed them. But the people took of the spoil and the sheep and the oxen, and we're going to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And, but the prophet reveals to him the truth concerning his decision. And that is this. He was disobedient. He was rebellious to the commandments of God. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices in the voice of obeying the Lord himself? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, get this, he hath also rejected thee from being king. We see the price of this decision was the loss of his anointing. 1 Samuel 15, 24 and 26. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture tonight. But Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words because I feared the people and obeyed their voices. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said to Saul, get this now, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. The prophet turns and begins to walk away from Saul, and he grabs a hold of his garment in verse 27 and 28. And Samuel says, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from you this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than you. Please hear the word of the Lord tonight. We are in a season currently much like that which Israel found itself in. We are a generation of people that's saying, Lord, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this. Everyone wants it their way. They want what they want when they want it. The culture of today says that it's acceptable. But please understand, just because men says it's acceptable does not mean it's acceptable in the sight of God.
while we know that gifts and callings is given without repentance but may i say to you tonight our gifts and our callings is not enough by themselves it still takes the anointing of god if you and i are going to effectively reach our family if we are going to be a light in the midst of darkness if we are going to be the element of change that can only change this world then you and i need to understand we have to walk a life of obedience to the things of god we are setting in a time in history where we have increased in knowledge and there is some things that we have learned that those before us did not know that does not mean that we are better or that we have arrived but it means this that we are in a prophetic cycle where the lord tells us that knowledge would be increased uh, and what it means is that god has given us grace for this season uh, to be able uh, to effectively minister in the season in which we're in therefore uh, God has anointed us with a specific anointing to be able to combat the evil of this hour but that anointing still comes and flows through he the Holy Spirit uh, this evening I want you to understand with me however what we are now witnessing is the arrival of another spirit the same spirit that approached Saul trying to to get God's anointed uh, to turn their ears towards the voice of people uh, instead of towards the voice of what the Lord has declared. Uh, can I tell you that is nothing uh, but devastation and destruction. Church, please hear the word of the Lord tonight. The anointing uh, can only rest upon an obedient vessel. Let me say it again. Doesn't matter how gifted you are. Doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how big of a Facebook following you have uh, it doesn't matter how many likes you get uh, it doesn't matter how much uh, how much of an influencer you become uh, you will never make a difference in the world uh, in the spiritual realm uh, you will never be able to walk and operate in the anointing that God has uh, unless you become an obedient vessel uh, an obedient vessel is a sold-out vessel now I know this isn't popular today but Saul who had been picked by God uh, was rejected by the same uh, because he chose to walk in disobedience uh, you know what disobedience is uh, it's simply this I'm gonna do what I want I know this isn't popular, but can I tell you, his rebellion separated him uh, from hearing the word of God, uh, from the prophet of God, until his departure of this life. Do you realize uh, when you read this story, uh, after this moment in 1 Samuel chapter 15, uh, that Saul never heard the voice of God again until he died? Samuel never went back to him. You find in verse 35, it says, And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Uh, you know what makes God's heart break tonight? Uh, is when he brings his anointing and rests upon a man or a woman of God, uh, and then they become so full of themselves uh, that they think, well, we can do it our way. We've got it figured out now. Uh, we can just figure out, well, we can still mingle with the world and we can still have our part 
in this, uh, but can I tell you, the Bible has not changed. Uh, he still stands by his word uh, that he gave to the church at Corinth. Uh, Come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, uh, and I will receive you unto myself, uh, and I will be a father unto you, uh, and you will be my sons and my daughters. Uh, the only way that a son and a daughter uh, is ever anointed by God is if they come out from among the world. Uh, notice with me, uh, please hear me today, uh, in which everything is acceptable in this hour, uh, I come to tell you it isn't acceptable for a man of God or a woman of God. Uh, First Peter chapter number one, uh, verse 13 and the following. Uh, it says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, uh, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that has uh, been brought to you uh, at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Notice, uh, it says, as obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, uh, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Uh, notice, uh, we are not not able to walk holy before the Lord uh, unless uh, we walk in obedience to his word concerning our lives. And when I start talking about disobedience, immediately people in the church began to say this, uh, well, I'm not out drinking, I'm not out smoking, I'm not out sleeping around. Listen, I ain't even talking about any of that. Uh, what I'm talking about is the simple fact is uh, that when the Lord has gifted you, when he's called you, uh, when he's put something in your heart and said, this is the plan for your life, uh, but then you say, well, I don't want to do that. Uh, I, I, I'll do that when it's convenient for me. No, 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 no. Uh, Listen, uh, when you know that God has put something in your, listen, I don't have the freedom or the right to do anything other than what I'm doing right now. And sometimes I don't like doing what I'm doing right now. Because sometimes it gets heavy. Uh, sometimes it gets weighty. Uh, sometimes I say, Lord, let me go find a cabin up in the mountains and I'll be happy. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, if that's the path that I choose to do and I have the freedom to do that, uh, but the moment I do that uh, is the moment uh, that I lose the anointing of God off of my life uh, and therefore now I'm no longer walking with the covering of God over my life. Uh, can I tell you, uh, I become rejected Rejected, uh, that anointing that I've relied on all these years uh, begins to not be present. You say, that's tough. No, uh, listen, uh, I have been bought with a price. Uh, I belong to another. I am not my own. Uh, i got to tell you, you're not your own either. Uh, if you're going to stand and testify and say, uh, I'm a child of the Most High God. Uh, I've surrendered my life to him. He is mine and I am his. Uh, guess what? Uh, he has given you an anointing on your life uh, by and through the power of the Holy Spirit uh, and now you are not to live unto yourself uh, but you are to live unto him. Uh, therefore if he calls you to Africa pack a bag and go to Africa because that's where you're going to be anointed. Uh, if he tells you to go across town uh, and feed the homeless you better go feed the homeless uh, because that don't matter how much the world says oh you have success. Uh, listen, Success is nothing without the anointing of God. Preach on, preacher. I will. Listen, we are in a place right now where we're saying, well, I just don't know why God's not doing this. And I just don't know why God's doing that. It's because you're living under a rejected anointing because of your disobedience. 
this current spirit of rebellion that's sweeping our nation is not just sweeping our nation, but it's sweeping through the family of faith. Men and women have been led to believe it's okay if they don't completely yield to the call of God in their life. It's not okay. While we sit in a place of not knowing, well, will I surrender or will I not? Will I surrender? Will I not? Well, I want to, but, but I don't want to. I want to, but I don't want to. There's people all around you dying, going to hell. Every second, boom, another one, another one, another one. Could those people have been reached if you was walking in the anointing? Please hear me. But we want to do it on Sunday morning. Oh, that was really good because we just came out of revival and I feel it right now. But we haven't had a revival for three months and now, oh Lord, I guess I'll get up and go to church. I guess I'll sing my song. I guess I'll teach my class. I guess I'll do. I guess I'll go speak since they asked, but I really don't have nothing to share. God help us. God help us. Because what you're doing, you're operating in the same spirit that Saul was operating in. He heard the word of the Lord utterly destroy the Amalekites. But then all these voices started saying, well, uh, just, you don't really want to. Did you see how good that cattle is? You destroy all of that, but don't touch. Did you see how beautiful those sheep are? Don't, don't destroy that. We can offer. Listen, that is a spirit of I'm going to do it my way. God says, you can't do it your way. You have to come to a place where you are willing to trust me because I know what I'm doing. Can I remind you, his ways is higher than our ways. Solomon wrote, and he said, don't lean unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Can I tell you, his path is far better than my path that I could ever forge. But notice with me, the reason there is such a lack of peace and joy today among the body of Christ as a result of men and women walking into disobedience to the word of God concerning their lives. You want real happiness? You want real peace? Quit trying to be everybody else and just be you who God's called you to be. You and I don't get to choose our assignment. I mentioned this, but let me read it to you tonight, and I'm closing very quickly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, Paul is writing not to the world, but he's writing to the church. He says, you need to wait. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? You are not your own. Tell your neighbor, say, you're not your own. Now, don't hit them because they told you that. You're not your own. Notice this, for you're bought with a price, Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This body right here, it don't belong to you. This spirit man inside of you, it don't belong to you. It belongs to God. And he has a plan for it. 
just like you did for Jeremiah, before I formed thee, I knew the plans that I had for you. What are you saying, preacher? If you read on over in chapter number 7 of 1 Corinthians, still writing to the church, it says, For he that is called you, for he that is called in the Lord, been a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also he that is called, been free, is Christ's servant. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. We're in a place today where we need men and women to abide in Christ in the place in which they have been called. Because can I tell you tonight in this room, every one of us have different gifts and callings. But I have to remind you that each one of us are just members of the body. And all of us is needed in order for the body to be complete. And when we choose to disobey and refuse to accept that which God has placed on us and called us to, then what we are doing is we're saying we are okay with the body being deformed or lacking. So your behavior and my behavior does not just affect us, but it affects everyone around us. And I don't know about you, but when my family and my friends and people in my community that I know that needs a miracle touch from God, I don't want them to walk in and experience a body that is crippled by disobedience where the favor of God is not and where there's a rejected anointing, but I want them to walk into a realm where the anointing of God is flowing and moving and it only happens when we become obedient people to the call. This idea that, well, once I get this and this and this and this, then I'll be able to serve the Lord in the capacity that he's called me to do. That's a lie from the pits of hell. If you don't do it now, you won't do it then. I've heard it all of my life. Well, when I get to a place of retirement or when I get this bill behind me, when I get this in order, when I get this, listen, you're never going to get anything in order because can I tell you, you're trying to do it your way and it's just going to be one crisis after another crisis after another crisis because your anointing is not in operation because it can't be in operation until you step into obedience. Now, I know this is hard stuff to hear, but I love you enough to tell you the truth today. You want joy? You want peace? Quit rejecting the call. Quit trying to figure it out. I still live by Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All these other things will be added to you. Listen, our rebellion to his word concerning us as individuals as well as the body of Christ in general is the cause of the absence of of anointing it has nothing to do with evil it has nothing to do with a political party it has nothing to do with demonic forces listen when a man or a woman comes into alignment with God there is an anointing and there can be a breaking and even though everything around you can be going crazy there is still a place of refuge and a place of peace that you and I can live in this is not a message to condemn but it is a message of God's grace calling us calling us back to him, simply saying, come.
walk in obedience. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. If you could talk to Saul today, he would simply tell you this, I believe. It wasn't worth it. I thought I knew, but it wasn't worth it. I thought that I could take those sheep and those goats and those asses and the rest of the things we got and put them on the mountain at Gilgal and offer them to the Lord, but it wasn't worth it. I thought because we spared the life of the king, it was worth it. No, 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 no. I thought, because can I tell you something? When God says something, he means what he says. Due to the fact that Saul disobeyed, you will find the prophet of God had to do something that he did not want to do if they want to come to the music. If you read through this story, you'll find Samuel, to my understanding, from my study, it's the only time that I ever know of Samuel having to get his hands bloody. Samuel had to step out of his office and his place to do something that nobody else would do. And he said, bring me that guy, the king. They brought him and he took and he severed him to pieces. He said, God meant what he said. He wants it utterly destroyed. I'm going to tell you something tonight. There's some things among you that needs to be utterly destroyed. You can't keep playing with it. You can't keep going back to it. You can't say, well, I can control it. I'll just keep the best of it. No, 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 no. God says, get it out. Get it gone. And you'll find that the prophet had to do what others was commanded to do. And he said, I will not let the work of the Lord be undone. rejected anointing I will say this tonight much like our forefathers much like others that's been before us they understood Still echoing through time and through history is the statement that one individual simply said, give me liberty or give me death. There's some things that just continue to echo through time. But I think one of the things that the church needs to hear today more than ever And that is this, you can't do it your way. You have to do it my way. Don't listen to the voice of the crowd. Don't listen to the one that thinks they know best. But what has God said to you? What has God spoken over you? 
What has God birthed in you? Your spirit. And then ask yourself, am I walking that out? Am I in the center of his will? It's not always easy. It's not always popular. It's not always accepted. But can I tell you tonight, the place that you want to be is not the most popular, not the most successful by the world standard, but the place that you want to be is right smack dab in the middle of God's will for your life. Because that's where true success is. That's where real joy is. That's where real peace is. That's where real hope is. And that's where you can touch a world around you. Saul went the rest of his days and instead of having the anointing of God on his life, there was an evil spirit that came upon him when you look at his life. Let us not allow the enemy to steal that which God says he has for us in this season. This is not a message of doom and gloom, but it is a message of warning that if you know to do right and you choose not to do it, it becomes sin unto you is what James says. So it is a message of warning. If you know that God has placed things in your heart and you're not doing it, stop not doing it and start doing it because you do not want the anointing to be lifted off of your life. But I ask the question today, will you have an ear to hear and will you respond and will you do this? Will you surrender to his call no matter the cost? If you look at the call that God places in your life, you will absolutely feel like this. Oh, that is so much bigger than me. That's because it's of God. It's not about you. It's not about me. But please hear me today. I believe that there are those of you under the sound of my voice in this room on the other side of that camera that you're desiring for more with God. You're desiring more for your life. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. With every fiber of love in me, you will never experience the more until first of all, you become obedient to the call in your life. And I know the enemy will come and sit on your shoulder and tell you, well, if you would have responded when you was 15 years old or when you was 25 years old, you could, you could have done it. But now you've waited too long and you've, you've wasted this. Listen, it's not about yesterdays. Can I tell you that most of the men that I know, most of the men that I know was more productive the last 10, 15 years of their life than they was their whole life put together. So don't, for lack of better terminology tonight, don't cry over spilled milk. But know this, God's given you life today, and today is what matters. Today is the day that I have to pick up my cross and follow him. Today is the day that I got to put my hand on the plow and I have to start moving forward. Today is the day that I no longer look back, but today is the day that I began to develop the gift and the call that he put in me. Today is the day that I lay myself between the porch and the altar. Today is the day that I say, God, I'm a willing vessel. Today is the day that I say, anoint me afresh because then I will stand and I will walk according to your word. I'm not worried about yesterday. I'm not worried about 10 years ago. I'm not worried about how many times I started and stopped. 
stopped. But I'm talking about right now, God, you can count on me because I do not want your anointing lifted off of my life, but I want to walk with your anointing because when I have your anointing, I have power. And when I have power, I have authority. And when I have authority, I'm able to make war against the enemy. And that means I can bring victory to my community. I can bring victory to my family. I can bring victory to my nation. It may cost me my life, but they cannot do anything to me because yet if I die in the natural, I will live forever in the presence of God. Can I tell you, church, we win if we live with the anointing. Without his anointing, we could not move forward. Saul experienced a renting and death soon followed. Yes, for a period of time, it looked like he was still king and he held his position, but he operated in that position without the anointing and the favor of God. And it wasn't long until it was stripped, stripped, stripped. God's calling to us today. He doesn't ever want to lift his anointing off of anyone. You may fool people. You may be so talented, so gifted. But true impact, true fulfillment only comes when we have the anointing. I would rather have somebody sing off key and be anointed than for somebody to tickle my ears with the beauty of their talent. I would rather for the backwood preacher to walk back into the sanctuary and mount the platform and stutter and use ain't and all kinds of bad grammar and operate with the anointing where he laid hands on the sick and they recover than to hear the most polished, elegant voice of the day. The world tells us that we have to have everything at this standard. Listen, you can build it to their standard, but if it's no anointing with it, you have just built another establishment of the world. I'm not looking for an establishment of the world, but I'm looking for a place where the power and the anointing of God begins to flow, where lives begin to be changed and transformed. That happens. It happens when we simply say yes. All Saul had to do was say yes, Lord. Not a halfway yes, but an all-in yes. Yes, Lord. But because he said a halfway yes, it was lifted. You do not want to live without the hand of God on your life. Please hear me. There are those that have came before us that's lost their way.
they have become overwhelmed by the darkness because they refuse to say a complete yes. At this stage in my life, all I know how to do is say yes. And my prayer is this, God, give me the grace and the strength to keep saying yes. Because without his anointing, without his anointing, we will not experience what we need to experience in this season. As we stand all over the house tonight, please. Can I say to you tonight, it is the anointing that will keep you. I look over my life and I have seen time and time again where the anointing of God has kept me. Because you have to understand the anointing that we have comes through and by the Holy Spirit of God. I think sometimes we're waiting and we're listening for that big booming voice to tell us, go right, go left, do this, do that. But can I remind you, it's that still small voice that is at our disposal. I can stand here tonight and tell you story after story. I'm a firm believer tonight that if it was not for the anointing of God, I, I wouldn't be standing before you today. No matter how much you prepare, no matter how much you try to be vigilant, no matter how much you try to do it in yourself, there's some things you just can't do. But when the anointing is present, it keeps you. There's times that my life is like a movie screen in front of me and the Holy Spirit just reminds me and lets certain things play through. Sometimes it's when I'm going through what I would call maybe a challenging time or a time of questioning and I just be talking to the Lord and meditating upon his word Seems like that's just how the Lord speaks to me. He'll just kind of let certain segments of my life begin to kind of go before me and a little video type atmosphere and just kind of says You don't need to worry. Remember I was I was with you then I was with you then and I was with you then and I look back and I realize you know what it was his anointing it was his favor I can't take credit for any of it nor do I desire to but I stand knowing this tonight from experience that when I'm in his will I'm under his care and his anointing is on me That's when I can be effective. But if I step out of that, 
I've become most miserable. So my prayer tonight is, Lord, help me. Help me to walk in the yes. Maybe tonight you're here. Maybe you're online tonight. And if you're as honest, and as we tried to minister on living in his peace this morning, you'd simply say, Preacher, I don't, I don't have a lot of peace right now. I don't have a lot of joy. I, I, I just feel like the walls are caving in on me. Could I ask you this question tonight? Not in a mean-spirited way at all, but can you honestly say tonight that you're in his will for your life? Have you completely, truly surrendered? Have you? I'm not asking about church attendance. I'm not asking about tithes and offering. But I'm talking about that which he has called for you and I to do. Have we really yielded to that? We are all ambassadors to the King. We are all commissioned to go to our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world in some manner. None of us is exempt from that call. But have we yielded to it? Have we surrendered to it? And are we running after it today? He did not instruct us to put on the whole armor of God just so we could sit and wait for heaven. But he instructed us to put the whole armor of God on so we would engage. Are you engaging today? Let us not live outside of his anointing. But let us run to him and let us experience his glory let us experience his favor by us simply saying yes here's what I want to do on a Sunday night if this word has ministered to you in any way, shape, or form, I'm going to ask you to step from your seat and come and stand in the front of this building. I want us to pray together right now. Is there any that you'd say, I need the Lord. I want the Lord to rain down on me. I want to walk and live in the anointing that he has for me in my life. I want to be the one that is the voice. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed this message and I hope it blessed you. And please check our description below. You'll find all of our social medias linked below. And as always, please subscribe so we can reach more people. As always, thanks for watching and I hope to see you soon.